This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning. It's Monday, April 27th, and you're listening to the College Football Daily, a 24-7 sports podcast dedicated to catching you up on and breaking down the day's college football news. My name is Trey Scott. Three days, seven rounds, 255 picks, record viewership, mana from heaven. The 2020 NFL Draft was probably my favorite one ever. Not surprised that it was because it's really all we've had as far as sports goes the last two months. And it's quite a daunting task to try to sit down and and recap all of this. You have so many thoughts and stats and angles just floating around in your head and then you've got to narrow the focus and find a way to recap the NFL draft in a way that's encompassing and interesting to you the college football fan so here it goes I I figure we'll just start with some of the nuts and bolt college stats and weave in the narrative such as Jake Fromm and George's quarterback situation as we go and just kind of see what happens by school LSU the defending national champions dominated this draft 14 total picks that's tied for the most in the modern NFL draft era with Ohio state from 2004. And that's probably not surprising when you, you watch the finished product that was LSU. I think if you had known headed into the college football preseason that LSU would have 14 picks, then you never would have had them second to Alabama in the preseason sec West pecking order or you never would have been surprised at the 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 giants they slayed along the way of course no one saw joe burrow coming no one saw clyde edwards alaire coming justin jefferson put it all together what an awesome show of force by ed order by ed orgeron's tigers and that's without thaddeus moss getting drafted too if thaddeus moss randy moss's son had not had a fractured foot x-ray show up at the NFL combine he very likely would have been drafted that would have given LSU 15 and the record alas he was not drafted however I suppose LSU balances that out with having a long snapper taken LSU had a long snapper taken in the NFL draft if you just want to know how historic this was for the Bayou Bengals who else had a lot of players taken Ohio State no surprise Michigan actually had as many as Ohio State. Both of those schools had 10. Ohio State had three first-round picks and was a little bit more front-loaded. Michigan had a lot of guys come off the board on day three. But if you want to look at total picks drafted or total players drafted as a referendum on do you have enough talent, well, Ohio State and Michigan look to be on a, a similar level playing field, so it probably doesn't. I mean, it's great for Jim Harbaugh to get all these guys drafted, but you you probably wouldn't listen to to a Michigan fan sit there and say we don't have enough talent to at least even win the Big Ten East because they clearly do. Alabama had nine picks, and 2020 is the 11th straight draft in which Alabama had at least three players among the first 50 off the board. 
that of course correlates with Nick Saban's string of number one classes that correlates with Nick Saban's national championships in that time frame and Alabama's status as the dynasty of the 2010s. Clemson, Florida, Georgia, and Utah had seven. Utah sticks out there. It's a Pac-12 team, but they do a really great job of player development there. Utah entered the season with high expectations. We knew that they would have a lot of players drafted. They delivered on that promise. Never got to see them in the playoff. Never got to see any Pac-12 team in the playoff because Utah laid that egg in the Pac-12 title game, but certainly still you know, a great and talented team, which in hindsight, when you look at all these players drafted, might have we. What I'm trying to say is, we spent a lot of the time of last fall saying Utah didn't deserve to be anywhere. And while that might be true in the sense that they blew their shot to make the playoff, they're still on the same level of talent field, at least in NFL draft theory, as a few of these other schools who are playoff contenders every single season. It was a down year for a few schools. Texas A&M only had two players drafted. One of those was a punter. The Aggies actually had three early entrants who did not get drafted. Washington, the Huskies only had two players picked and several players not get picked who we probably thought would have. I was shocked that tight end Hunter Bryant wasn't selected. He was a long time ago was once regarded as a possible first round pick. Running back Salvon Ahmed did not get drafted either. Florida State just had one player drafted. So if you're looking for a reason to explain Florida State's poor, poor, poor performance the last several years, and you're tired of using offensive line as a reason where you can point to the Seminoles only having one player drafted, and that would be Cam Akers. And then the Minnesota, the Golden Gophers set a program record with five NFL draft picks. Good for PJ Flex. Got a lot of talent. Going to use that, that NFL draft statement, five guys drafted as a way to recruit even more future draft picks. By conference, no surprise, the SEC, 63 players drafted, including 15 first-rounders, which is a record. We touched on that on Friday's podcast. The Big Ten was next with 48. Pac-12 was third with 32. ACC had 27, and the Big 12 had 21. That's pretty bad for the Big 12. 21 players drafted. It's hardly more than the SEC's total of first-round picks. Where did these guys all play high school? You want to get even worse for the Big 12? The state of Texas produced 34 NFL draft picks and seven first-rounders, and none of those first-rounders played for the University of Texas or even Texas A&M, but the SEC really didn't need the help. State of Texas, again, 34 players drafted. California, 29. Georgia, 21. Florida, 18. You, you, you know the big four. That order is a little bit different than usual, though. Usually Florida does a lot better. This was 18 is without including IMG Academy kids. If you want to include them, it'd be 22, but still a low number for Florida. It's going to be interesting to see if that trend continues over the next couple of years. Louisiana was fifth with 12 players taken uh, who played high school football in the state of Louisiana. And as far as the five-star recruiting breakdown, we touched on this Friday. Thursday's first round saw six 24-7 sports composite five stars among the 32 players. In total, of all the players drafted, 19 were five stars. 73 were four stars, 110 were three stars, 32 were two stars, and 21 players were not ranked. And you might say, oh my gosh, you had 110 players who were three stars, 32 who were two, 21 who weren't ranked. Why does recruiting even matter? Think about the player pool, though. There's a lot more kids every single year who are three stars or no stars. There are 32 five stars every single year, about 300 plus four stars, and then there's you know 1,000 who fit in the other category. And if you want to break it down as far as a, a more simple math uh, or a, a way to more easily understand it, if you're a five-star recruit, 
in the 2020 NFL draft, you were 10 times more likely to hear your name called than a three-star. And a four-star even was four times more likely to hear your name called than a three-star. So recruiting very much does matter. All right, let's talk Jake Fromm. No one enjoyed watching him slide and slide and slide. It was uncomfortable watching that play out in his living room as it was with Jacob Eason, a guy who he's going to be forever linked to. But eventually Jake Fromm goes 167, and his result, or his reward, I should say, for sitting that long was a trip to Buffalo. It's a fifth-round pick where he's going to clearly be the backup to Josh Allen, who just took the Bills to the playoff. Jake Fromm is a polar opposite from Josh Allen, who is sort of an H-back playing quarterback. Neither of these two guys will light the world on fire with their accuracy. Josh Allen could throw in 100 yards. Jake Fromm will struggle with you know a rather routine 10-yard out from time to time. Maybe that's unfair, 20 yards. But either way, Jake Fromm does get drafted. He will make millions and millions and millions of dollars in the NFL as a career backup if that's what he wants to do. If not, he'll have a successful future doing whatever he wants to do because he's a bright kid, smart kid. Uh, maybe one day he'll get his chance to start. But for now, he will be a backup in Buffalo. And you may, it makes you wonder, is this an indictment on Georgia's program management, at least a little bit, under Kirby Smart? Combine that with Jacob Eason being a fourth-round pick too. And I think it is. Look, 12-2 and two last season, that's great. 11-3 and three in 2018, also great. And then you probably you probably win a national title in 2017 with Jake Fromm if Tua doesn't dagger you on second and 26. But in 2018, the 11 and three season, obviously that was Jacob Eason had transferred because Jake Fromm was the guy and he deserved to be the guy over Jacob Eason. But Jacob Eason had transferred. Jake Fromm was the guy, and we spent all preseason talking about this incoming recruit, Justin Fields, the number two player in the 24/7 Sports composite, who wanted to come and win the starting job at Georgia. And went to Georgia because he thought he would eventually beat out Jake Fromm. He never did. His usage was really weird all of 2018. Justin Fields eventually transfers after Kirby Smart chooses Jake Fromm over Justin Fields. And, of course, now you have Justin Fields as the probably leading Heisman contender for 2020 and a very, very likely top 10 NFL draft pick. And I say top 10 because I'm a little bit hesitant to say top five or top two just because the odds are tougher. But that's probably what's going to happen. Meanwhile, Jake Fromm is a fifth round pick and he's the guy you chose over Justin Fields. Does Georgia win a national title in the last two seasons if Justin Fields is its quarterback? I would say probably not in 2018. You never know with a true freshman quarterback. That's that's a tough ask, but Georgia might have at least made the playoff Again, remember in the fourth quarter or the second half of the SEC title game in the 2018 season when Alabama made a rousing comeback under Jalen Hurts, it was Georgia getting conservative and blowing its lead. Does it play differently with Justin Fields? And then in 2019, as Justin Fields goes like 40 touchdowns, one interception, taking Ohio State to the playoff and right on the doorstep of a a title game appearance. If you got Jake Fromm playing pretty horrible football for a little bit of a stretch there five straight games in 2019 Jake Fromm was under 50 percent completion I know his wide receiver group in 2019 was tough but Justin Fields is just a much better quarterback could have offered a lot to Georgia that Jake Fromm could not have and thus we just have to ask did Georgia cost itself in this window 
a national title game. And it, and it does remind me, I'm not piling on Kirby Smart here. He's a great football coach. It reminds me of another great football coach, Urban Meyer, who stuck with a very limited quarterback in JT Barrett while, while two future first rounders, Dwayne Haskins and Joe Burrow, sat on the bench. You wonder in that timetable, did Ohio State cost itself a shot at another national championship as well? We've seen in this sport, you go with the best quarterback. I don't care if he's a true freshman. You go with the Trevor Lawrence over Kelly Bryant. You eventually got to go with Tua over Jalen Hurts. You got to go youth. Did those schools, or do they regret not going youth? I would say they probably do. Who should have returned for another season of football? You could argue Jake Fromm. If he is what he is, if he is a fourth rounder or a fifth rounder, should have returned for another season in Athens. Could be a four-year starter. Try to make the SEC title game again. Try to win the SEC East. Try to make the college football playoff. It probably improve his accuracy. Who else? Jacob Eason. Jacob Eason was a two-year starter in his entire college career, and he was a he was a member of the 2016 recruiting class. The guy's been around forever. Massive arm. He's going to learn under Phillip Rivers, and, and that's probably a good spot for him in Indianapolis. But there rightfully are questions about his consistency, at least, and his you know, you, the, his ability to read a defense. He probably should have returned for another season at Washington to, to prove some of those doubters wrong. A.J. Epinesa, the Iowa defensive lineman, was projected all season long to be a first-round pick. He ends up going in the second round to the Bills. He's super strong grown man's strength, but did not run great at the NFL Combine. And if that's who he is, fine. Uh, Derek Derek Brown, the Auburn defensive lineman, who was a top 10 pick, also didn't run well at the Combine. But by returning to Auburn for a senior season in 2019, he put some more on tape. He he dominated. The, the 2019 season was in part defined a little bit, at least by Derek Brown and his exploits and, and what he did. A.J. Epinesa, 2019 was his only season as a full-time starter in Iowa City. If he had pulled a Derrick Brown, he probably would have been a first-round pick. But again, at the end of the day, you're still a second-round pick. You're still going to make a lot of money. The College Football Daily will be right back. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Donovan Peoples-Jones, the Michigan wide receiver, was a five-star in the class of 2017. Came out early after only having 34 catches this season, which was third on the team. 
was a sixth-round pick by the Cleveland Browns. Sure, I get that he might have not really been in love with an unstable situation. Maybe he got quarterback headed into 2020 with Dylan McCaffrey taking over that job, most likely from Shea Patterson. But another season in Josh Gaddis' offense, DPJ could have put up better numbers, gotten more on tape. At the end of the day, just an underwhelming college career. But a guy who maybe he'll turn things around the NFL. This is a stacked receiver room in Cleveland. But he's got a ton of athleticism and a ton of ability. Washington tight end Hunter Bryant, we mentioned him at the top of the podcast. His concerns here, health and blocking, those could have easily been addressed in 2020. You just stay healthy and you improve your blocking and you probably get drafted and he wasn't. Florida State cornerback Stanford Samuels was a highly ranked recruit and a two-year starter. He did not test well and he did not have good tape. If you're not going to test well, you should at least have good tape. Probably could have improved that in 2020 under a Florida State program that's now being taken over by Mike Norvell, who's done a great job at player development in his stops at Memphis. Probably could have helped Stanford Samuels a little bit. And then, and then another guy here, Oluwole Batiku from Illinois. Very raw football player. He's a former five-star who transferred from USC. And this past fall, he had nine sacks in 10 games. I'm surprised he didn't get drafted because he's got a ton of athleticism, a ton of raw potential, but he only started playing football his junior year of high school. Another season in Illinois at Illinois could have helped him polish his technique and put more consistent play on film. As we talk about notable undrafted players, we mentioned Thaddeus Moss. Was it the wrong move for him to come out? I would say no. He had a great career season. Joe Burrow's gone. Incoming quarterback, Miles Brennan, you don't know what your receptions are going to look like in 2020, especially with five-star tight end Eric Gilbert coming in. Thaddeus Moss could easily have been replaced by Eric Gilbert. Thaddeus Moss struck while the iron was hot, had a foot fracture uh, discovered at the NFL Combine that dropped his stock significantly. But, of course, at that point, you've already declared for the draft, so it's not really his fault. Anthony Gordon, the Washington State quarterback, Thought this guy was going to get drafted, especially after what Gardner Minshew did in Jacksonville last year, coming from the same Mike Leach system, but he was not picked. Trey Adams, Washington offensive tackle. At one point, several years ago, Trey Adams was regarded as potential future first-round left tackle pick, not drafted, disappointing last few seasons with injuries and poor play. And then Shea Patterson, the Michigan quarterback, one-time five-star, same class as Jacob Eason. That was the debate the entire cycle. Patterson or Eason Neither guy ended up really lighting the world on fire in college. Patterson was actually really good as a true freshman at Ole Miss. Transferred because of all the Hugh Freeze noise. Ends up at Michigan. Immediately eligible in 2018. Was actually better in 2018 than he was in 2019, when the year Michigan was supposed to open up its offense under Josh Gaddis. He finishes as one of the best quarterbacks in school history per the stats. You know, First in yards per game, seventh in passing yards, seventh in passing touchdowns, but still underwhelming as of this recording has not found a home as an underafted free agent we will see what happens to Shea Patterson that's pretty pretty much what I've got for today as far as NFL draft recap over the next week I expect to do more with the draft just because it's so interesting it's live sports in a sense it's actually something to talk about we're going to have a look at how do you replace all the 32 first round picks we're going to look at the schools who can use strong drafts to their advantage on the recruiting trail, like a Minnesota or an Iowa. And we're even going to take a way too early, but still very fun gander at what a 2021 mock draft might look like. I think the Patriots might already be tanking for Trevor Lawrence. They did not select a quarterback, 
over the weekend, and a lot of teams thought they would. They're going to ride out with Jared Sidham and see how that goes. A few other pieces of news, though, before we get out of here. Tennessee on Sunday landed a massive commitment from five-star defensive end Dylan Brooks. He's the number one recruit in the state of Alabama and the number 18 player in the class of 2021, according to the 24-7 Sports Composite, Auburn and LSU and Alabama were all seriously in the mix here. Get this, five of Tennessee's 11 commits in 2021 are from the state of Alabama. That's not that surprising, though. Jeremy Pruitt is very well received there. He's a native of Alabama. He played for the Tide, coached for the Tide, coached high school football across the state for nearly 10 years, including a star turn as the defensive coordinator at Hoover High School on MTV's Two-A-Days. Somber note here in Orlando, Florida, Louisville football signing Dexter Rince was shot and killed in Orlando late Saturday night, according to the Orlando Police Department. Uh, The shooting also injured three others. Rince was 18 years old, considered a three-star recruit in the 24-7 sports rankings. Louisville coach Scott Satterfield issued a statement saying, we are deeply saddened to hear about the passing of Dexter Rince. He was a great young man who had a contagious personality and was able to light up a room with his smile, unquote. All right, that's going to do it for today's episode of the College Football Daily. Tomorrow, we have a ton of NCAA-related stuff to cover, including some murkiness on the looming vote to allow a one-time transfer exception and the possibility that athletes can soon begin to profit from their likeness. If you appreciate what we're doing, please express your support by dropping us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. For Tony Levitt, our producer, I'm Trey Scott. We'll see you on Tuesday for the next edition of the College Football Daily.